Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to get fact-checked. Access granted. Good people of Florida, welcome back to another episode of Fact Check. It is week two of the 2024 legislative session, and we are getting after it. We are at T-minus 49 days until signy die. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, stay with us, and we'll keep you updated every week. Uh, as always, I'm Jared Grigas. I am joined by Amir Warren and How are we doing, everybody? Uni. You guys say what's up? Hey, everyone. And we had a, a bit of a crazy week. I know we're all going to sleep pretty well tonight. Um, but we will recap for you guys. Uh, we kicked off the week with FACTS 2024 Legislative Day at the Capitol. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, we were flooded with commissioners from all 67 counties uh, who, you know, came and brought their staff um, for, first and foremost, uh, you know, FACTS Legislative Day event on Wednesday, uh, where, you know, we, we heard from a handful of state leaders, including uh, Ag Commissioner Wilton Simpson, uh, DEP Secretary Sean Hamilton, uh, Secretary of Transportation Jared Perdue, and then uh, Department of Commerce's Laura DeBella. Uh, so, you know, I think they, they got a lot of insight into, you know, what's going on at the state level and, and some priorities for those agencies. Uh, and so our commissioners, I'm sure, found a lot of value in that. And then after the morning session, uh, our commissioners and their staff kind of mobilized to the Capitol. Uh, to meet with their delegation members as well as other key members of the legislature, uh, you know, hopefully they were their concerns were heard, uh, and so our county priorities will, you know, hopefully be protected. Um, I know this a lot goes into this, uh, and it really goes a long way. So we did want to give a shout out to all of our commissioners and staff that came to town, uh, and for those that are you know just leaving, uh, safe travels back, obviously, and we'll see you again next year. For those that were here, you could not have come at a better time. Uh, the term limits bill was up this week in both chambers, and so we had a handful of commissioners that were able to go to the podium and you know make our county voices heard on our concerns. I think Courtney Mooney has got a little more uh, to say about that one. Courtney, what was going on with that this week? Yeah, so uh, we had quite a few county commissioners show up and testify on this, just like Jared was saying. Uh, Bob McKee stood up at the podium during both hearings of the Senate and House bill to testify and uh, thereon after the commissioners followed. Uh, the Senate bill was up first on Tuesday and it did pass um, five to three and then uh, Friday morning today it was up again in the House and uh, and there was an amendment on that one. Yes yeah, so the House did have an amendment that changes the eight years to 12 years um, so, I mean, it's kicking us a little bit further down the can, but ultimately, ultimately it's not what we want, and uh, we're really leaning towards referendum at the ballot. Well said, Courtney. I think that's obviously the, the point we have to continue to drive home. Uh, obviously, 12 years looks better on paper than eight years, um, but this is still, you know, taking away that, that choice from the people uh, and their ability to, you know, get this done at the ballot box. That is a point we will continue to hammer. Uh, you know, there's no reason to, to fix what isn't broke, and I know that a handful of our commissioners did bring that up. Uh, one point that, you know, our, our FAC president, Bill Truex, brought up is that he actually defeated an incumbent uh, to be to earn his seat on, on the county commission. Right. And so, you know, that's just one additional layer of, you know, this is already, there are already mechanisms in place to provide for turnover at the county commission Yeah, level. and our counties that want it already have it. They've they have their term limits set in stone and 
we don't. This shouldn't be. Up I, to I think we said there, there's what we, we, we've got 20 charter counties, and I think we said that 11 of them have already implemented term limits uh, at the county level. Yeah, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So, uh, like I said, they're they're trying to reinvent the wheel to, to fix a problem that simply isn't broken in the first place. Um, but again, thank you to all our commissioners that that came out for that one. Uh, these guys are pros. I mean, they were they were awesome up there. So um, appreciate you guys. Uh, with that being said, we will kick it over to Amir. Um, for another bill that has been, you know, giving us a little bit of heartburn lately. That is the mobility fees um, package. So this week in the Florida's House Ways and Means Committee, uh, we heard Representative Robinson's HB 479, which is, again, the companion to Senator Martin's 688, the Alternative Mobility Funding Systems. At this committee meeting, we heard opposing testimony from Bob McKee, as well as a wave in opposition by Palm Beach County's delegation. And this thing was getting pretty heated up there. I mean, and the and, back and forth was, was and intense. The, and the biggest thing for us, too, and uh, what Bob pointed out that is um, a problem or could present to be a problem for counties is the amended language they added in um, Florida Statute 163. Again, this language was talking about um, the local municipality that issues the building permit is subsequently the entity that collects the impact fees. Um, which can present holdout problems later down the line. They are. They, I mean, it, it's Tallahassee putting their thumb on the scale here when this can be resolved at the local level and already has been in, in a number of uh, communities. Uh, and so, like I said, like Amir said, uh, we will be opposing this bill. Uh, every time we see it, you know, this this was a, a retread from last year to some extent. Um, but, you know, we just got to keep chipping away at this one. Next up, we're going to circle back to Courtney. Uh, This is one we've been making some progress on, um, but still work to be done here. That is House Bill 665, dealing with batch permitting uh, after approval of a preliminary plat. So, Courtney, why don't you take us through a little what's going on there? All right. Thanks, Jared. Uh, Yeah, so House Bill 665 by Rep. McLean did pass in committee this week, and it is now the committee substitute. Um, We've been working with the bill sponsor on this one to get it in the right position so it'll work for... Uh, counties and the communities within it. Um, The purpose of this bill is just to get batch permitting out uh, in a large-scale development when uh, those developers are waiting for that final plat approval. And uh, the difference between these two are is the preliminary plat is basically everything in detail that the subdivision will look like. And Um, when it gets to the final plat stage, that's when all the administrative stuff is happening, when addresses are being produced, when partial ID numbers are being produced. So this allows the developers to go ahead and start developing the communities while the backside administrative stuff is going on. Yeah, well said, Courtney. Uh, You know, we've said it before and we'll say it again. Obviously, I think at the county level, nobody is against getting building permits out more efficiently. Um, but th- this is something that has to be done responsibly, uh, you know, with kind of keeping an eye on, on the, the technical and, and the public safety aspects of it. And so, you know, we have been speaking to a, a number of county staff and in the building department um, space and just kind of getting feedback and um, relaying that to the sponsors wherever we can. And, you know, I got to be honest, uh, I did not even know what a plat was as of six months ago. And, and now, you know, I'm, I'm out here dreaming about plats. Every <laughs> night, so. Me either. Uh, I think we've all, all uh, the Florida building code platforms. we are up on. When, when we get this thing, you know, finally taken care of, you know, I will fall to my knees and <laughs> out of joy. 
Um, the next one is is a bad preemption uh, that we're going to talk about. Um, one that they have just hammered for you know the better part of a decade now, uh, as Jeff Scala so you know eloquently said in his testimony this morning. Uh, it is Groundhog Day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they have revised the definition of public works project three times now in in the last several years. Eight. Uh, in the past eight years. In the past eight years. Th- this will be the third revision of public works project. Um, and what this one does um, under House Bill 705 by Representative Schof, uh it adds the word local to the definition. So, so currently a public works project is a project that is funded by you know any degree of state funds that could be a dollar and it's a public works project they're now adding local funds to that criteria as well if there are any state or local funds you know being poured into an into a construction project uh, it's considered a public works project which is preempted uh, specifically local governments are preempted from the consideration of you know controlling the wages uh, the benefits or you know even the staffing levels of their contractors, of the vendors involved in these projects. And so obviously with with local funds now included to that definition under this bill, um, that preemption is going to extend to sole source funded projects by, with you know, nothing but county dollars. Um, right. And then don't forget the amendment that was filed on this. There, there was up. a strike all amendment um, that, you know, the bill initially actually had a, a protection um, that counties could still in the scenario where they're the only ones providing funding for a project, they could still practice geographic preferences uh, in the, in their procurement process. And so, you know, if they wanted to keep those dollars, you know, within their local economy as opposed to contracting out elsewhere, they could do that because uh, you know they're supposed to be the stewards of these public dollars, and they obviously want to keep that flowing through their local economy. That protection was removed in the strike all amendment that was adopted this morning. Uh, and so this bill has gone from bad to worse, and FAC will be opposing it going forward. With that being said, uh, we have the Live Local Glitch Fix Bill. Uh, Courtney, you want to take us through that one? This bill was supposed to be up in the Senate this week, and it got temporarily postponed. We haven't seen any other amendments get filed on this just yet. Uh, I I believe it got temporarily postponed because we are trying to work out a few more kinks, and it's just not ready to be up. Uh, the House bill version by Representative Lopez uh, has been referred out to its committees, but it has not been placed on an agenda just yet. So we may be seeing that come up next week uh, once we get those calendars out. Yeah, as Courtney said, uh, we're committed to getting this thing right. Uh, This is a follow-up to Senate Bill 102 from last year. That was the Live Local Act. Uh, And, you know, we've received feedback from a number of county stakeholders uh, about, you know, how we can kind of make the provisions of that bill a little more airtight uh, and so we've tried to incorporate those as much as possible and you know we're, we're chipping away and, and making progress there gonna kick it back over to amir now uh, to talk about a bill in fact's uh, legislative action plan for 2024 amir what's going on with cash payments yeah no for sure so this is going to be sb 106 which Jared alluded to, it's going to be focused on acceptance of cash payments by businesses. Um, This was heard on Wednesday in the Senate Appropriations Committee of Agriculture, Environment, and General Government. Um, Again, for those who are unaware um, or haven't been following the bill, this bill is sponsored by Senator Jones, and it puts forward a mandate for certain businesses to accept payment in cash. And Notably, the bill 
bars businesses from charging fees or imposing conditions on cash transactions, entrusting rulemaking and enforcement authority to the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, also known as DACs. Um, violation of this requirement may result in civil fines. Again, this bill has a House Companion, which is HB 35, sponsored by uh, Representative Rudman. Um, again, like Jared also said, this bill is part of FACT's Legislative Action Plan, so we did have FACT staff present at the committee to waive in support of SB 106. And last up for bills for the week, um, Senate Bill 1082 by Senator Collins is sort of a follow-up to a, a similar bill last year uh, that imposes a preemption on local government regulation of housing of agricultural workers. Uh, specifically, the bill prohibits a government entity from restricting construction or installation of housing for ag workers on land that is classified as agricultural. This was one that we kind of massaged a little bit last year, got to a place that we were a little more comfortable with by the end. It ultimately did not pass. Um, kind of the holdups here have been kind of the conditions under which this is preempted. The, the housing structures still have to meet a number of criteria in order to be you know, eligible for this. Uh, and, and so that's something we've been keeping a close eye on and, and making sure that you know, the criteria are, are appropriate. Um, but you know, this is one that we are keeping a close eye on going forward. And last but not least, uh, Amir was in the Revenue Estimating Conference this morning with tax black belt Bob McKee, uh, <laughs> and you know they, they picked up some uh, some good info on the state's economic outlook. You know we've been flush with cash for a couple of years now, but Amir, can we expect that to continue uh, this year? Yeah, and and I'll I'll save you guys the. Uh economic crash course but the biggest <laughs> notable thing is yes we are still flush with cash um state economists were surprised by revenue collection um it surpassed expectation we're looking at 1.2 billion or six percent surplus since last year's fiscal uh we're looking at a 1.2 billion dollar or six percent surplus since the fiscal year start the rac projected growth for fiscal year 24-25 amounts to the total of 585.5 million and resulting in a two-year combined increase of 2.1 billion dollars uh you guys heard it here first you know that the budget's going to be massive again uh so go out and get your earmarks and, and your member projects taken care of uh i think that just about does us for the week do we have any housekeeping uh items yeah to share? uh next week um on thursday it is rural county days that'll be held in the capitol courtyard from eight to two so please stop by your rural county uh post if they're here good they're, deal they'll be yeah. set up and maybe bring them some hot chocolate it's probably still gonna be a little cold <laughs> oh my gosh this week was absolutely brutal out there yeah for, um uh, for those of you that didn't attend legislative day uh when we woke up in the morning it was 25 and the feels like was 17 there were not enough layers in the world i think everyone panicked a little bit about this i i was i was thawing out for the next two hours i think but uh, for those of you in rural counties, we're looking forward to seeing you next week, hopefully. Uh, and with that being said, I think we are going to go ahead and sign off. Bye, everyone. See you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the weekend. <laughs>